It is November 15th, 2020, and this is The Economy Guy coming your way one more time. Yeah, I am so happy to do this. I have a longer than normal podcast for you today. Uh, going to talk about several things. Uh, the last one is could be the most important for those of you who are considering retirement or planning for retirement at whatever age you are. So, uh, I'm going to start off with the economy. Then I'm going to hit the, um, can the answer, try to answer the market, the question, can the market continue going up forever or for a while or whatever? And then I'm going to talk about uh, what are the industries that will be rising you know, being very profitable over the next 10 years. In other words, where are the good investments going to be? Where should you be looking? And lastly, retirement. I'm going to talk about the 5% rule and why it's no good anymore. So I want you to listen very carefully to that. That one is the most important part of this. So let's hit the markets. What happened? Well, on Monday, golly whiz, the stock market went crazy. It went up almost 1,500 points at Dow Jones. Why? Because Pfizer announced they had a vaccine that was 90% effective. Good. So everybody jumped in and said, hurrah! Uh, and at the same time, gold fell $100. Hurroo, boo! Well, maybe it was $90, but it was awful. Uh, if you're a gold holder like me, it's coming back. I wasn't, I'm not worried about gold at all. The long-term trend is up, so just as it's a... Hold, 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 and uh, and watch it, and be have a nice smile on your face. So, what about the stock market? Why? What happened? What caused this thing? Well, I believe the psychology is something like this: that uh, we've had lockdown, we've had uh, a lot of companies that have made a lot of money in a lockdown environment. Suddenly, someone announces a vaccine which solves everyone's problem, which it doesn't, incidentally, but psychologically they said oh the world's gonna be just like it used to be everything's great and that reversed a lot of bets the bets used to be oh look at those poor companies they're all gonna go down 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 and, and so the prices were low on a bunch of sectors like take airlines some restaurants some cruise lines banks a bunch of things bunch of things and the ones that made a lot of money like the amazons of the world Maybe I shouldn't be having my money over there. Maybe I should put it in these things that are going to grow back when because the, the virus is going to fix everything. I believe there's a big rotation in the marketplace that took place within an hour. It was a... It happened. Now, gold, on the other hand, got clobbered. Why? Good reason. Uh, was people pulled money out of gold to put it in the stocks. They were very greedy on the stock side, and they had to get money from somewhere. Uh, so it seems like if there's big buying or big selling, gold gets hurt. If there's just plain ordinary trading, gold wins. And uh, and it can't help because there's going to be more inflation in the future. And gold is the edge against inflation. So that's what I see happening there. Uh, you know, the, the people who are really rich and had a lot of cash and wanted to get into gold had the opportunity of a lifetime to get in this last Monday. Uh, also, what went happen on Monday is the big banks who are betting the futures market and had a lot of short futures uh, contracts out there wanted to get out from under it. They were going to lose up to $38 billion 
they wanted out in the worst way. So having this gold fall substantially helped them get out of their situation. So actually that's very uh, bullish for the future price of gold. I'll be right back and we'll start into the uh, interesting topics we're going to talk about here. So I want to answer the question, can the stock market continue to go up forever? Easy answer, no. Nothing goes up forever. Next question, can the stock market go higher? Answer, yes, it can. And what can cause it? Well, here's where Mark Twain comes in handy here. Mark Twain said that history never repeats itself, but sometimes it rhymes. So let's talk about a rhyme that we might be having here. Back in the uh, 20s, right after the First World War, Europe was in a mess. Two places in Europe, specifically Germany and the Weimar Republic, was having hyperinflation. And the Austro-Hungarian Empire was broken up at the end of the First World War into multiple pieces. And, uh, but immediately upon the breakup, there was only one currency, and it was printed in Vienna, and the Austrians continued to print money out of thin air. So there was huge inflation there also. So most of Europe, well, the losers of the First World War, were in a hyperinflation environment. Reparations pushed that even harder. So what would you do if uh, you were in that environment and your banks were failing around you? Well, you'd run to the bank and get your cash. You'd want cash. That's true. That happened. And uh, that's human nature. And what would you do with your cash? You'd want to reinvest it somehow. You'd want to maintain its value. You wouldn't want it to disappear in hyperinflation terms. You wouldn't want to keep it in the same currency. If you were a rich family, in fact, I believe what you'd do is go into the gold market. Gold centers of the world then were London and New York. You would buy gold. Perhaps if you were rich enough, you would move money to New York and buy U.S. stocks. The stock market, this is, we're talking about the 20s. Remember the roaring 20s in the United States? Where did all that money come from? A lot of it came from Europe. Boom, up came prices and resulted in the 29 crash. But we're not talking about the crash right now. We're talking about the run up. Can that happen again? Can that we have a rhyme of that? Can we have Europe banking crisis? Let's investigate that a little bit. I'm going to talk about the sovereign debt crisis. I talk about that all the time. That's my favorite subject. We have too much debt. Now I'm going to focus in on Europe in particular, on the, what is the debt situation there, and put it into a way that you can compare it to what else is going on. If we have a real crisis, financial crisis in Europe, will banks go bankrupt? You bet. That's always on the news. Now, also another question is, if you're a German, would you want to bail out Italy if they went bankrupt, or Spain if they went bankrupt, or even Greece? Well, we have proof that they would not bail out Greece because they had the opportunity in the past. So the answer to that has to be a roaring no. No. There'd be some that would, but basically no. So how... What is the measure of how bad debt is? It's the debt-to-GDP ratio is what's commonly used. I'll use that here. And for reference sake, the U.S. debt, that's total debt, government debt plus private debt, all the debt in, that exists is 370%. Debt-to-GDP, 370% in the U.S. Now, where does the rest of Europe fit? Well, the best countries in Europe have less debt-to-GDP. Like Poland is the very best, 230%, followed by the Czech Republic. 250%. Germany's 
340%, just a hair less than the United States. Switzerland's the same as the United States, about 370%. The Eurozone, that's all the countries that use the Euro for their currency, is 550%. Getting higher, the UK is 590%. And then it goes up, France, and put Japan in there. Japan's always had a huge one, but there are people higher than Japan. Like the Netherlands is higher. Would you believe that? But the highest country in Europe with debt-to-GDP ratio is da -da -da -da, Ireland. 850% compared to the U.S. 370%. So is there are there pressures in those countries with high debt-to-GDP? You bet. For everyone with a European bank account, and to the surprise of Americans who are listening, I want you to know that if a bank fails in Europe, the banking laws of Europe, see, there is a bail-in clause. Bail-in, oh, that sounds innocent, doesn't it? And what it means is that the depositor's money is used to uh, pay the bank's debts. They take your deposits away. It could be some or all of it, of your money. That's a bail-in clause. That actually happened in Cyprus, so it's been effective uh, and used. And if there's a major bank failure, think uh, Deutsche Bank, uh, Something like that could help and happen again. So, let's talk about what's going on today. If you knew your bank was uh, going to go bankrupt, I mean, if that happened sometime in the near future, what would you do? You'd do a run on the bank, just like they did after the First World War. I predict that, and I believe that's absolutely true. Did you know that uh, in Europe, 35% of government debt and 25% of all debt in Europe pays a negative interest rate. Well, you know, I've talked about the insanity of the concept of negative interest rates. That's insane. That's nuts. Here's another one of these nutty things. Did you know that Greek bonds, Greek national bonds, the government agrees, that the interest rate paid on their bonds is less than the interest rate paid on U.S. Treasury bonds? Now, the interest rate should reflect the safety. Do you think Greece is safer than the United States. It isn't. It never has been and won't be in my lifetime. So that's insane. Another insanity. When insanity is ruling the roost, uh, ugly things can happen. Just that's kind of a red flag in the uh, air. Uh, the debt crisis is going to get solved. No question about it. And But it will be ugly when it gets solved. But before that happens, it's very likely that there could be spikes in various assets because the, when it's solved, a lot of most assets will decline in value. But it, things could go higher, and that's looks kind of where we are. Are we in that pace? So, is it possible that banks could start to fail in Europe before they fail in the United States, and people pull their money out? And today, it's very easy to move money to the United States and buy shares in the United States. You can do it from your house in minutes. So it would be very easy for to have a run on U.S. stocks and push them higher, wouldn't it? There's the rhyme. If that happens, that will be a, an absolute perfect rhyme to what happened after the First World War. So now let's move on to what are the uh, eight top areas that are going to be big growth over in the next 10 years. This will help you think through investments you may want to make in companies and stocks.
So here are the eight areas. The first one is healthcare. It's going to be a revolution in healthcare coming. Uh, over the next 10 years, cancer will probably get cured. Uh, problems will get fixed in your doctor's office and not in the hospital. So that is a an approach that's happening and uh, and, and uh, it's going to happen more. We'll probably have an annual MRI for everyone or every two years with artificial intelligence reading the MRI. I can remember uh, reading about how to read an MRI that might have cancer on it and the doctors were very clear that humans can't do it accurately. They're maybe wrong 30% of the time. So having AI learn it has to be more accurate for an, an application like an MRI read. Uh, treatments for obesity and heart disease will be coming along. Uh, so there'll be things for people to do. What's the second area? Uh, renewable energy. Well, that's an, it's been around, right? You know, solar, wind, renewable. But it's going to be driven because it's going to be cheaper in the future to create the energy. The problem with today's renewable energy is it's just too darn expensive. It can't compete with fossil fuels. But solar will become less than natural gas in cost of creating electricity in, in 10 years. So it's going to take some research, but uh, it looks like solar can do that. Uh, battery research is going to be big and it has to really be Im important. So storing that electricity, we know at night, you're not going to get any solar, right? You have to store it somewhere Battery technology will be a big thing. Lithium or something else may come along for major improvements. Third area, electric cars or the hydrogen fusion equivalent of that that might just come along and compete with it, but that's kind of following electric cars. Um, it's predicted that people that live in the city won't own a car. They'll use... Uh, cooperative cars or they'll do ride sharing. So there'll be less cars on the road and electric is going to be a big thing. Number four, self-driving cars. So the automobile area is going to be a big investment area, right? Self-driving. By 2040, that's you know 20 years away, half of the cars will be autonomous driving. And uh, the bad news is that means millions of people who drive today will be out of their job. So taxi drivers, Uber drivers, you name them, they're going to be history. Uh, and the good news is, is that we will have a significant reduction in the number of deaths that happen due to car accidents on the highway. So it'll become much safer. That's good. Number five, agriculture. We're going to have non-GMO changes to uh, seed, seed the seed base of, of foods which will increase the uh, productivity of crops. Uh, that's coming. There's a lot of research going into agriculture and without the stigma of the GMO, it's kind of neat. Number six, computers will continue to be a major driving area. The big leap forward is quantum computing. People are building them. They do amazing things on very specialized problem solution. When they get bigger, because it's hard to make them bigger, that's the real trick, uh, then they will replace all the computing because there's so much 
faster. So, I mean, tens of thousands of times faster than existing computers. And they'll start solving problems that uh, we haven't even uh, attempted to solve in the past. Seventh area, blockchain. Now, we have, you know, blockchain currency and all that stuff. It has a kind of a negative connotation. But blockchain itself will be used for so many transactions of the future, like buying a house. The actual deed will be done and transferred by a blockchain. So it'll be safer than the current method of paper. Okay, and the eighth and last one is uh, poverty. Poverty worldwide will go down significantly, even though poverty has gone up during the COVID virus epidemic. Uh, so that when we pass this COVID time over the next 10 years, poverty will indeed continue to go down. And you ask, good question, how do you make money with poverty going down? And the answer is, poverty won't go down without somebody making money to make it happen. That's it, folks, the top eight. Food for your thought as to uh, what are the industries that do all that good stuff. And now for the serious discussion item. I state that the 5% rate rule won't work for retirement. What is the 5% rule? Well, look at it this way. Say you have a million dollars retirement fund put away and you want to pull out $50,000 a year to live on from that retirement fund. $50,000 is 5% of the million dollars. And you're hoping that the stock market that it's in, the market that it's in, uh, whatever it's, it's um, invested in, goes up five, about 5% 5 a year. So you're taking out 5%, it's going up 5%. That means it stays worth about a million dollars for the rest of your life. And you can do the 5% rule. There's a big but here. The big but is it depends when you start on your initial investment of 5%. First of all, markets don't go up 5% a year. They either go a lot more than that or a lot less than that. So there are fluctuations as you go along, which means the probability of you ending up with a million dollars at the end of your life is not 100%. In fact, it's something less than that because of the variability and fluctuations that are going on. So let's look at that. Uh, what does it depend on when I say it needs to start? It depends on whether you are under or over valuation of the stock market when you start. In other words, is the stock market cheap or is the stock market expensive? Now, how do you measure cheap and expensive? One easy way is the price to earnings ratio of the market, the entire market. So if you look at the statistics, if the market has a PE ratio of 18 and a half or higher, which is where we are today, oh, your success rate will be 47%, less than half of making it. And you'll end up with, probably end up with less than uh, a minus $850,000. You're going to lose money on this deal. If uh, you have a, what I consider a normal average uh, price to earnings ratio of between 14 and 18, you have a 70% chance of being successful and you'll end up with 1.6 million. It'll actually grow. What if you have a cheap uh, 
stock market, like the price earning ratio is 12 to 14, you have an 80% chance of making it and your your end of net value will be $6.6 million. And what if there's a super low market, really below anywhere below 12? You have a 90% chance of this working for you, and you're going to end up with $7.6 million. Today, we are well above the top spot up there. You're not, this, today is not a good day for the 5% rule to work. And it's why I open this by saying the 5% rule is not going to work. The stock market is too valuable. Now, the statistics I gave you on price-earnings ratio are the history of the, of the stock market. It's what's going on in stocks. Now, pension funds are going to be decimated during the next few years because the stock market is overvalued and is not going to grow higher, faster because of it. It could go up, but the I would if you want to bet money on things, it'll go down before yeah, in the long run, and that will kill pension funds. Uh, it could take up to five, uh, ten years, to get from the high PE of today to the lowest PE of the future. So it's not going to happen overnight from the high PEs to the low. It could take a long time. And today. A bull market in stocks and bonds or and is where we are. We, we're in a bull market and in stocks and bonds, and we're in a bear market in commodities. But we're at the extreme ends of those markets. So what does that mean for you? If you're in the position of wanting to retire now and you want to take 5% out of your retirement fund every year, that's a plan that works for you. The purpose of today's discussion is really to say, hey, is the timing is wrong right now. If you expect it to work, it won't work. It, the odds are you will lose money on this deal. So what, else, what other options do you have? Well, one is to increase your fund, most assuredly. Another is to look at your options on investing. It's a classic way of investing is through stocks and do the 5% rule like we've been talking about. Here, uh, uh, financial advisors recommend that all the time. But if you have a financial advisor that recommends that, I suggest you get up and run out of the room as fast as possible for the reasons I just told you. See, you can also look at other ways of making money, other ways of using your capital to create money, the cash flow that you want, the $50,000. So you maybe have to be get a little creative. So there was a warning here for you. And I wish you the best. It's a great day for all of you. Get out there and enjoy it. It's the end of the week, and a new week is just coming soon. Be talking to you in a week. Bye.